Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast. Welcome to, but am I wrong? A wonderful podcast starring two international supermodels, billionaires. <laughs> did you, I'm sorry, did you laugh at supermodels or billionaires? <laughs> no, the, my short ass being a supermodel is what I'm laughing at. Hey, Tyra did an episode or a season with short kings and short queens so <laughs> were they and and how successful were any of them uh i don't know and i also do not actually know how short they were right they, they might were have probably been like, like five, five six yeah, yeah. <laughs> still significantly taller than me hey i i don't know why you would pigeonhole yourself to not be like you're downplaying your success as an international supermodel okay we both are International tycoon. supermodel billionaire tycoons. But to be fair, ethically, the, I don't, we don't align with billionaires. I would have liked to Except achieve... for Oprah. Oh, well, again, the people who we're never speaking about, Oprah and Viola Davis. Yes. <laughs> it's never about them. Like, it's <laughs> never about them. But no, I would have been like a billionaire. Well, no, because damn, the one that was, I think that's J.K. Rowling who did that, which I do not want to align myself with, where she was a billionaire and then like donated money. But like, yeah. you know, here's the thing. Like, sometimes rich people can be charitable and also transphobic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's true. Multifaceted. You could align yourself with Mackenzie Scott, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm happy to align myself with her, as far as I know, from what yeah. information I have. The also, only information that I know that she has billions, but donates most of it. And I know that she had to go through the absolute horror and embarrassment of having it come to the entire world's knowledge that her ex-husband is the most cringy man on the face of the planet with those quote-unquote sex about reading the newspaper in bed with his mister. I, I Also, he owns the newspaper. Uh, that makes it even worse. I can't even explain. Like, if I was, like, divorcing him or if, like, he had cheated on me and, like, that's what came out or something, I would be like, I am embarrassed that, like, I'm so happy that this is over because, like, I could not stand by you mm-hmm. <laughs> with this. Like, I just... It was so cringy. So this is But Am I Wrong, where we, two people who have never been wrong in our entire lives. Oh, my name is Megan. I'm joined by... Melissa Diamond Mons. And together, we make up the white rapper Eminem. And I need to... I can't ever not do it anymore. (laughs) And so we are going to share things in our lives that have recently happened or our hot takes 
And then we are going to read some email submissions from all of you and these situations in your life. And we decide if you are wrong or not. And then we have our Rachel of the Week or the But Are They Wrong, where we nominate someone pop culture in the news, current events. And then the best part about all of this is then you can head on over to our Instagram and vote who you think was wrong in each situation. They've been going up a little bit later, but that's because I ran out of my Adderall last week because I lost a bottle. Oh, and then by the way, that bottle that I thought I lost at your house, I Uh found... Where was it? I don't know. It was somewhere. It just appeared. It did just appear. As most things do when you have ADHD, things just disappear and then they appear. When did you find it? That's a great question. I probably found it. Today is Tuesday. I probably found it on last Wednesday. Okay. So after you moved because you lost it in December. Yes. I lost it in December, <laughs> okay. and then I found so it So it was just here. that you packed stuff up, and then you were unpacking and found it. That makes sense to uh-huh. me. I'm still yeah. trying to find my AirPods. I know they're in my house somewhere, but I don't know where they are. You have to move, and then you'll find them. The, the, no, the thing is, I moved, when I moved, I thought I would find it. But I believe it has to be. Not I believe. It has to be in the boxes that are in my closet in my office that I haven't Uh-oh. unpacked. And yeah. I probably won't unpack ever. But my computer says that it's in the house somewhere, but they're dead, so they can't make the noise. <laughs> the call is coming from inside the <laughs> yeah. house. Wow. Yeah, I also found um, an iPad. Oh, okay. Like, I found my iPad that I was convinced I left on an airplane, and I bought a new okay. one. I thought this iPad that you have now was, like, your first iPad because you act like it is. No, because after I... <laughs> you're not wrong but that is this is my first ipad with like the ipad kid experience like i have sims and i have procreate and like it's such a good time and this is like the this is the first time the apple pencil like this is my first ipad like experience i had a bigger one before that i used just to kind of like read on and it was like one of those like thickums and then i thought i left it on a plane so i like a year later i bought another one and I bought like a mini one and they're, hel- you know this, but they're very mm-hmm. helpful to like read scripts. And mm-hmm. so I was like reading books and like reading scripts. And they were also, yeah, they were helpful if I was like working and I could put my script on there with like whatever. And the mini one was like fine and great, but then I got a crack in it and I was like, it's okay, but I couldn't procreate on it. This was very small and it, it mm-hmm. wouldn't, didn't work with the app uh, and I couldn't play Sims on it. And so then I wanted a bigger iPad. So then I got this one and this one does feel like my, it feels like my first iPad. Nice. Yeah, I have an iPad. I use I only use it on planes. And the picture that I have on it that I put on it when I first got it, my nephew MJ is two in it and he is going to sixth grade next year. So that's how long I've had it. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, yes, that is uh, the premise of our show and <laughs> and an update on our lives. And an update on our lives. But I wanted to say, so we in the last couple episodes, we've been trying to figure out, we, we obviously end the show on our Rachel of the Week, which is, you know, we're shitting on people. Like, we're being like, this is this is the, the worst, the, the, the worst of the week, the worst of all time. And so sometimes it can kind of be a downer part of the mm-hmm. episode. And so we've been trying to do, like, good news of the episode, the good news of the week to end it. And we were trying to come up with a name. And please tell me you saw the comment that someone suggested that we name the good version of Rachel of the Week. If it was Malala, I thought it's too much. It's too much. I was like, 
we would then just need to go to Malala's Instagram and find out what Malala did that week. Like, there's no... uh, You can't... Like, no one is ever going to be as good. Like, I, I... it's too much. Like, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. No, but I all. was thinking, what if we do, like, something... Like, Just Ma- read what Malala has, Malala done, that has week. done that week. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll go and with that. We, we might not keep it permanently, yeah. you know? But, like, for a bit, like, there truly... There's only one Malala. And there mm-hmm. will only ever be one Malala. So the Malala of the week, every week, is Malala. Let's yes. see what she did that week. Okay, I'll go with that. You know what I mean? And it like doesn't yeah. have to be like she spoke for the UN. Like it can be like Malala had avocado toast with her husband. Like, fuck yes, Malala. <sighs> well, now we're gonna check out the results from last week's episode. So who was wrong for episode 26? First up, we have me versus people saying fuck it to climate change. 2% said that I was wrong. 98% said that I was not wrong. And I got a lot of messages especially from people in the autistic community who are like, yeah, this like screams eugenics kind of like thing of like, don't have multiple kids, like all of Mm -hmm. that, that um, will also tie into my, what am I wrong for this week? Cool. Eugenics. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Then the next one is me versus infantilizing the elderly who is wrong. 3% said I was wrong. 97% said I was not wrong. (laughs) A, A lot of people... The, the the vocal minority of this, mm-hmm. people have a very hard time kind of looking at things big picture or like really listening to everything that we say and finding these like small um, caveats. Right. That were listed at the very top of before I even started going into why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, sure, we got a couple of those messages, but I think overwhelmingly a ton of people had the same sentiment that I did when you were telling me this, where I was like, I've never thought about this. In the mm-hmm. sense, and like, it's like, you're completely right. And lots of people had never thought about it. And we're like, very glad that this is when you picked. Thank you. Then we have writer number one versus Dan, who didn't want to stay at the Airbnb because there weren't enough beds. 77% said writer is wrong. And 23% said Dan is wrong. Most people wanted me to have a third option that they both were wrong. And then a lot of people are saying that like the friend, there's another friend there who basically volunteered to be on the couch and so then he would have had a bed but tell me if this is how you interpret it or if I'm just like misremembering in my mind it was there was only one bed and then the rest or like it was like couches or something where like he was going to end up being on a couch too so the girl who was like yeah I'm cool with being on a couch they both were going to be on couches no there were and one of them one of the properties that they had looked at there were two beds and he said everyone should be in a bed basically okay but, you know, both were wrong. Yeah. And then we've got writer number two, who is Amy versus May, who is trauma dumping. 19% said writer and Amy are wrong. And 81% said that May is wrong. Yep. I messed this one up. This is writer number two and Amy. Um, I do want to read something. So someone wrote in and they said it was okay for me to read this. They said, I think the girl with ED is 100% wrong for all the reasons that you mentioned, but also it sounds like she uses her friends to get ED high. The ED gets off on the worry or amazement that people express. It fuels it. When she tells her friends how thin she is, she wants them to react or the ED wants them to. 
it is another way to get to the to control it. The ED wants the person suffering from it to be the thinnest, the sickest, and ultimately dies from the illness. I've been suffering for more than 15 years, have many friends suffering from it, and has been partaking in treatment for around 10 years. This is the first thing you learn in treatment. Very helpful. Yeah. And I had a, and it reminded me that I had a friend who also had an eating disorder and um, she's been treated for it. And she would say, we had another friend that would always call her chicken legs. And I would tell him not to say that because it was mean. And she was like, I actually really enjoyed him saying it because it meant that I was, you know, Mm -hmm. achieving my goals. So it reminded me of that. Yeah. That's a really good point. I didn't think about Mm -hmm. that. So thank you, person who submitted that. Then we have writer number three, whose father passed away versus boyfriend who ate father's leftovers. 3% said the writer is wrong and 97% said the boyfriend is wrong. A lot of people misvoted on this, but then also a lot of people who voted messaged and said that they had like also like been in situations like while losing like a parent or someone really close to them. And they're like, grief makes you do things that don't necessarily align like with your character and I'm only I don't think that like she I'm voting that she's wrong because like months later after I've can like look back on some of the things that I've done but yeah I also think that's like so personal you know Mm -hmm. that like Mm -hmm. how we handle grief so even if other people are like I would have done that but then I would have like looked back a couple months later I also don't want the writer to feel like if you look back in a couple months and like you stand by this like that's I think that's also very fine I would probably yeah Writer number four versus Alan, the co-worker who the writer was emotionally cheating with, and she still wants to sleep with him if he makes the first move. That is so wordy, <laughs> but all, everything is there. I like it. Who is wrong? Writer is wrong 98%, and then 2% said the writer is not wrong. I just need to reiterate again how choosing the name Alan as the pseudonym for someone that you like really want to have sex with, like, is <laughs> I... I, it's just personally, I don't get it. Yeah. Alan. Yeah, Alan. Like, Alan is like all of my friend's dad's name. I bet this man is also a dad. But also, I bet his name's worse than that. Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, if you used Alan as a pseudonym, like mm-hmm. his name's not like. It's probably like Franklin. That's what I mean. Like, he, it, you had to pick something in the similar genre. Like, his name's not like John. Mm-hmm. Okay, then my wrong of the week was Tinks. 99% said Tinks was wrong, and 1% said Tinks is not wrong. And some people voted wrong. You might know who you are, but there's one person who you have either voted wrong every single fucking episode, or I don't know why the fuck you're here. I'm leaning towards the second one, based on some Googling. Maybe it's her kink. Yeah, I feel it. Just imagine, like... You're just like creaming your pants every week for us, like talking about you, so like as you as a genre of people of like how like you're the worst. And she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking weirdo. They listen to the show while they're masturbating. Oh my god, probably. Yeah, for wrong of the week, mine was Jennifer M. Buck, the author of Black and Bougie, who was wrong in a rare case. No, first time ever. Yeah, Buck is wrong one hundred percent. Zero votes for Buck is not wrong. Was there zero? I, I'm not looking at it. So there no, were absolutely zero. Zero okay. votes. Because we've had it say 100%, but it'd be like one or two. Yeah, this is a I 100% with zero votes. just want you to know, every, every single white girl voting on this just held it 
for so just to make sure that they were like no fucking way like this is not one that I can mess up and it was the mm-hmm. last one and I just know that they were preparing the whole time voting through that it was like I bet people also chose to even not maybe not vote because they were <laughs> afraid that they might have voted wrong but I just I appreciate it and here look what happens when you put your fucking line to it everybody oh. if you all voted with this with this intention. Someone wrote in and said that they really, that they were a popular teacher at their school and really enjoyed it. But someone also that we know said that they took their class and then dropped it. I'm pretty sure, I want to give the person credit, I'm pretty sure the person who messaged said that they taught at their school and people really loved her class. Not, I don't think that she specifically, the person who messaged us, liked her class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't okay. trying to yeah, yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah. So the amount of, I think this one was wild because I had not heard of this and so many other people had not. It was just like a, what well, the Because it was on Black Twitter. And mm-hmm. if you were not part of it, you probably didn't know. I get the crossover of when Black Twitter gets onto drag Twitter, mm-hmm. then that's the, the middle ground that then seeps onto mine because my twitter is like half drag race and then taylor swift and then politics (laughs) and then kiki palmer like i literally have like a topic like kiki palmer has showed up as a topic for me because like i just like engage with everything she does my only topic that i have is soap operas checks out (laughs) really checks out (laughs) like reddit suggestions and reddit's like we think you might like the subreddit and you're like i do like the subreddit thank you Oh, okay, so my, but am I wrong, is um, about eugenics and also vastly inappropriate and ableist questions to ask people. So I got a message from like a DM from someone replying to my story where I am talking about like having food allergies and the specific story was me saying I'm not looking for any medical advice. Like, I understand people want to offer their cures, blah, blah, blah. Like, my doctor thinks that a lot of my IBS symptoms are related to, like, endometriosis, which, side note, tons of people have messaged me and were like, when I got my endosurgery, my IBS, like, symptoms got a lot better, which I was mm. like, great. I've heard that a ton from people. That's what my doctor thinks is probably the case. And this woman sends me a message, replies to that and says, are you planning on using a donor egg to have kids? It just seems like you suffer a lot every day and an innocent life shouldn't suffer too. Are you serious? Not kidding. Someone literally sent this to you? A follower who's like responded to stories before of mine, like not someone who like hates me. Like it gets so much worse. And I responded saying that's a wildly inappropriate and ableist question. And this is what they've continued to say. The reality is, and I just want to give a massive trigger warning for like, this is like pure eugenics. Like this is like straight up pure eugenics. And it's also just incorrect, like in false. Like, I don't want anyone to like listen to this and feel like this person is like saying things that are like true or harsh realities. Like they are incorrect and also promoting eugenics. The reality is when you have bad genes and decide to procreate with them and cause more suffering, that's actually the most selfish act you could do as a parent where you de- where your desire for kids trumps our suffering. I'm an oncology nurse, mm, nurse. <laughs> so I deal with a lot of people suffering every week and it's horrific when people with horrible cancers decide to give it to their kids too. It's not ableist. Healthcare isn't an infinite resource. Doctors tell patients all the time, please do not have kids. They will suffer. And they do it anyways. It's reality. Bad genes. Mm-hmm. So statistically, 
there can be some genetic markers for potentially certain types of cancer, uh, but it's two parents who then potentially both have a, mm-hmm. a mutated gene that could make the person between, I think for most cases, it's like five to 10% more likely to get that cancer. It's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed at all. And only about 5% of cancers have a genetic link. And it's, again, it's not guaranteed that if you have cancer, that you, when you have a kid, they will also have cancer. And I responded and said, I mean, whatever. This, I'm, I don't, their name is basic. I said, Katie, you are not my doctor. You don't have access to my medical records or genetic testing. And asking someone you do not know what their plan, about their plans to conceive is grossly inappropriate. And she goes, celiac can obviously be genetic and endometriosis and IBS. You share every detail and everything wrong with you on the internet for anyone and everyone. A question is an attack. I just watch your vlog sometimes and heard you say you hope for kids in the future. I said, the question is inappropriate, ableist, and promotes eugenics. Yeah, you obviously have a boundary that I obviously didn't know about because I don't know you that well, and I'm sorry for triggering you, but I wish the best for you. My view is obviously skewed from seeing some people die young needlessly, but yeah, I don't believe in eugenics. I believe in responsible procreation. Every child deserves the best chance and start at their life. And I go, what's the difference between this and eugenics? Well, because eugenics is mostly about race and having Nazi babies trying to get rid of minority groups, trying to prevent genetic health conditions isn't eugenics. It's about prolonging someone's life and quality of life. Health resources are finite. Healthcare is on the brink of collapse in the U.S. We're always short in every hospital for staff and resources of our patients. And I send the definition of eugenics, the study of how to arrange reproduction within a human population to increase the occurrence of heritable characteristics regarded as desirable. Developed largely by Sir Francis Galton as a method of improving the human race, eugenics was increasingly discredited as unscientific and racially biased in the 20th century, especially after the adoption of its doctrines by the Nazis in order to justify their treatments of Jews, disabled people, and other minority groups. And so... I am so disgusted right now. I'm so sorry that you received that. I mean, it's one of those things that like, it's like so sad to say that like a lot of like quote unquote medical advancements, like the medical field is kind of pretty much like the biggest culprit of ableism. And that's just like the very like sad kind of reality. So like when she said that she worked, she was a nurse, like it was the least surprising thing to me because a lot of the time people in the medical field, yeah, they blame, especially people who aren't have not done as much schooling as other parts of like the medical field that they blame like parents for their kids getting sick. And it makes me really sad for the people that she works with and her patients. And also that like, I'm like, you're equating me having IBS and like allergies to children who are dying of cancer. Like that is something that I'm like, I, those are not the same the same thing at all. And also like the majority of the patients that you're probably treating, genetic testing is not necessarily available to everybody and like for free. And like you're walking into these, kids are walking into these appointments and you're looking at their parents assuming that they knowingly wanted to give their child cancer. Like that's like the most disgusting thing in the world. And then we get into this with this is all just like very incorrect. So she says, modern eugenics better note, this is in quotations. (laughs) which she's essentially she's standing by like she's saying that she's not for eugenics but then is sending this being like yeah this is great modern eugenics better known as human genetic engineering changes or removes genes to prevent diseases cure disease or improve your body in some significant way 
The potential health benefits of human gene therapy are staggering since many devastating or life-threatening illnesses could be cured. Genetic testing already allows parents to identify some diseases in their child in utero, which may cause them to terminate the pregnancy, or embryos are genetically tested before IVF. We're currently in a sixth mass extinction caused by too many humans doing too many horrible things to the planet. It's all unsustainable. Try telling a 29-year-old who had a fiance and a beloved dog while cancer spreading from their tissue to tissue to bone that she's in horrible, never-ending pain, that her mom had these genes and had cancer, but still went ahead and passed it down to her. Her suffering could have been avoided, but at least she got to live a little, right? I literally was like, I just like didn't want her to do like a... <laughs> 5150 on me, but I was like, so are you telling me to kill myself? Are you telling disabled people that their lives are not worth living so they should die? Like, what do you mean? Like, the actual, like, truly what the actual fuck? And it just, like, makes me, like, so upset because people who have whatever that scale is about, like, confidence in knowledge versus, like, actual knowledge. So, like, yeah, you you work in this department and you have, like, a small amount of knowledge on this, but you think that you know way more about this shit than you do. And, like, I have friends who have had kids or haven't even had kids, kids yet but have done genetic testing and have found that both of them carry a certain gene. And when it came to like their future of potentially having kids, their doctor was like, yeah, so the risk for this is like about like 0.3% increased because you both share this gene. So we're gonna, when you are going to get pregnant, like, and you decide you wanna have a kid, we're going to be doing special like fertility kind of treatments and like bumping you up with all of these extra things to like help with that. But like the, the risk of this, it's marginally, marginally, marginally smaller than that. And also the discussion of modern eugenics, which has been said from disabled people like left and left, right and center being like, hey, this whole like, oh, let's get rid of these genes that are quote unquote not desirable. Like that is eugenics in itself. And like, yes, there we would love to be able to like work to um, prevent like diseases and, you know, all of those things like, yes, that that is like a great thing. But when you're trying to eradicate disabilities as a whole for people who and you're not in the disabled community like you're fixing a group of people who are like there's nothing wrong with me like literally fuck off and there's no discussion of like again then the ethics of donor eggs as a whole and I'm I don't I'm not like knocking donor eggs at all but like that is another process that like along with adoption in the United States surrogacy and donors usually targeted at like in the in these agencies, not like when you're having a friend do it, have like usually been targeted at lower income women and also like genetically, quote unquote, genetically perfect people. Like you can't donate your eggs if you're like depressed. Like you mm -hmm. can't like all of these things that's like, it's just modern day eugenics. The first time I, I wouldn't say like heard about it, but sometimes it, it made me think more about it was speaking of America's next top model, um, Niall DeMarco, you know who that is? Mm -hmm. Very beautiful man, but also he is deaf and he's a deaf activist as well. And there are like new, like you were saying, studies where people can, and he, and like, I, I, I know that his, other people in his family are also deaf. And so mm -hmm. there's a study where they can actually like take that gene out. And people were saying this to him, like if he were to have kids, would he do this? And he was like, that's eugenics. Like, why would I do that? I'm perfectly fine in my family. This is something that's part of our family too. Like I wouldn't do that. 
Yeah. And like not all disabled people think the same. So like there are some disabled Mm -hmm. people who are like, I wouldn't want to have kids because I don't want my kid Mm -hmm. to go through that. That in itself is also and like a lot of the times people who are it's that's like your own internalized like ableism that it was just like, Mm -hmm. I've had a really rough experience with this. And so like, therefore, I don't want to have kids. But you're then also putting on your experience to someone else, which isn't everybody's experience. And just like you can have like internalized misogyny, you can have internalized ableism. Mm -hmm. And I think that it just, yeah, it just, it it reminds me of like when people think that like, there's like the amount of articles of like anytime and the hoops that like people with Down syndrome have to like go through to like have a kid and like how parents are like, oh no, we can't have our kids. We like, it, it just like, it is so frustrating and heartbreaking. And also I I think disabled people make, I think there are great parents and shitty parents anywhere with like any ability. But I think like disabled parents, like if I had a, if I had a kid who had endometriosis, I would be so glad that their parent has gone through this. And I like you, you have this community and being like, Mm -hmm. I know what to do. I know the doctors to call. I know all of this. Like, I just think that's like obscene and I also think like if you know if you like get genetic markers done you do gene testing and you decide that like you know your doctor is like this is something that like is a a, a risk that your kid might have x y and z or whatever and that's something that you don't want to do okay I think unpack the reasoning behind it and like read content from disabled like read read about disabled people talking about this Mm -hmm. and make your decision and like make sure make your choice but like you can't ignore and think that there's like an exception to like the eugenics aspect of this because you're mm-hmm. also determining that because someone is disabled, therefore they have a poor quality of life and they would rather be dead. And you didn't, you shouldn't ask them that. Like, don't fucking ask people that. But like, you're assuming that because because for you, you would rather be dead than disabled. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it to you before. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but my mom had endometriosis and she had the surgery. And the reason why me and my sister's names, I'll start with the M is for miracle because she was told she wouldn't be able to have kids. And we're here. And I mean, and none of us have endometriosis, but if we did, so what? Like, Yeah. There's also like not any, like they don't study it very much at all. So like mm-hmm. there is not, it's like p- presumed that maybe there is a genetic component to it that like they think there might be, but like there's also no gene testing for that. There is no right. genetic, like when people say that kind of stuff, like A, you should never ask anyone regardless of like the eugenics aspect of it, like what their plans to conceive are. Like people you know, people you don't know, like mm-hmm. grossly inappropriate. But then when you say things you you talk in hypotheticals to people about this. Like you are basically saying, if I were you, I would want to die. So don't have kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was my, but am I wrong? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's no space for eugenics in yeah. this at all. Cause that's like disgusting. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right. <laughs> Mine's a bit lighter. Perfect. <laughs> and I told you about it, but I realized that there was a, part of it that I had missed out on, but I figured it would be better for the podcast. So I didn't tell you in the moment, but so I'm currently in Arkansas visiting my family and at the airport, I'd say like 80% of people didn't have masks on at the airport. LAX is a huge airport. And also I flew in American. It's the only one that does a direct flight to the airport that's in my hometown. And half the 
desks to check people in were shut down because they had staffing issues because, you know, they're understaffed because people are sick and people aren't wearing masks. So I'm in line. The lines, I always get to the airport at least two hours early. So I'm in line. I take my time. I'm not taking my time, but I'm just, you know, going with the flow, but I'm not in a rush. And there were a couple people that were in a rush. So I let them go ahead of me, blah, blah, blah. So I'm in line. There's one person (laughs) checking in bags, one person in an international airport. One of the biggest airports is checking in bags at American. And then there's this other lady that's just there. I don't know what she's doing. She's just like walking up and down the lines and saying, everybody needs to form a line. I mean, everybody was in line, so I don't know what she was saying. And she also, where the line was, was also where the kiosks were to check in the bags. So you're like, the kiosks are on the sides and then the line is forming in the middle. And people are confused or like, I need to get to the kiosk, but like, I need to check my bag in. People didn't know what was going on. And she wasn't clarifying any of this at all. And so I, you know, went to the kiosk and I got back in the line. By the time I went through the kiosk, the line now is like way, like way, way long, like near the escalator, I would say several, several, several feet. But I'm fine because I'm there early. So I'm in line. By the time I get up to the front, she has now moved to taking bags and like complaining about taking bags. And she goes, I'm I'm not supposed to be doing this, but since the line is long, I'm going to be doing this. I was like, okay. And so I am, I have two bags. They're both Willy bags. I can't, I get to the front and I'm like getting out my phone and she's like, I said for everyone to have their tickets available so that I can check them in. And I said, well, I had two bags in my hand. I can't pull both of them at the same time and have my boarding pass ready while I got here. And she's like, well, you want to get through here fast, don't you? I said, I'm on time. I don't, I'm not in a rush. <laughs> I'm not trying to get through here fast. And also I ha- I don't, I can't sprout another hand. Yeah. And so she rolls her eyes at me and then I check in and you know, put my bags up. And she goes, this is over the weight limit. I said, yeah, I was aware of that. I'm bringing a lot of things home. And she goes, well, do you want to rearrange your things? And I said, no, I don't have room in my other bag. And she said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I was aware that I was going to have to pay more. She's like, oh, I didn't know I was talking to a rich woman. And then I give her my card to pay. And then as she's walking out, she's like, and she's not even flying first class. That's the part I forgot to tell you. Uh, And here's the thing. I actually could have, like, it would have been for me to upgrade to first class with what I was paying with my baggage. I could have done it. Like, it would have actually been cheaper for me to upgrade because then I would have got two free bags to take on anyway. So I would have been fine. But on this aircraft, which I've flown a lot and I have flown first class on this aircraft, the, the seats are wider but they're also higher and they don't like the, the leg part doesn't pop out. And so therefore, as someone who is short, it makes it so my feet don't touch the ground and I have a bad back. So then my back, my back isn't aligned. And then also my feet Your swell. Feet so, would so, get so Yes. Swollen. And it has like the last, a couple times ago, I flew first class and that's what happened. So I don't fly first class on this aircraft for that reason. And so um, I'm just looking like this bitch. And also like, that's none of her business. Like, 
what what I do yeah. or where I fly, how much I bring on the plane. Like it's none of her business. And anyway, and once I got through checkout, I knew they were going to do this anyway, got through security or whatever. I knew they were going to take my carry on as it was. Yeah. So like moving stuff over, it wasn't going to be an issue as far as like weight on the plane. So she goes and then she comes back and she's like, I hope you have a good flight. And I said, and she said it just like that. And I said, I will. And then I waited on her to take my bag and let it go through. And she was like, you don't have to wait. And I said, I know, but I just also want you to know that it's none of your business what I do. (laughs) Wow. What was her response to that or her face? She just rolled her eyes at me and then I walked off. Dude, there are, if I know exactly the kind of person who that is at like LAX like they are the person who like they think they're just like the train conductor or mm-hmm. like they're an, or, like where they just like are like okay now make sure you do this do this do this where like everybody else is like actively doing that stuff and then like you should be happy I'm gracing you with my presence right. to do this job and you're like okay yeah I'm very thankful for you to like do your job but like I don't need you to like shit talk me while you're doing it like Mm -hmm. I'm not shit talking you while you're doing your job right and like I get that other people might but like I'm not like I'm always very yeah nice to people that are helping me because like why wouldn't I be that's an asshole move and I'm just like she started it off by when I was pulling my bags up she just started off being rude And I can understand the pressures, but I wasn't giving that energy to you. Like, I'm very okay with, and like, I am here for customer service workers. Like, if someone is like a customer's being rude to you, Mm -hmm. like, give it back. Like, I think you should. But like, don't not give it back and then carry on that attitude to customers who are not being rude to you. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just like, you're going to just constantly have like a negative cycle because it's like, people are going to be an asshole to you. Then you're going to be an asshole to other people. And then you just have like a horrible day at work. Giving me DMV energy. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of energy it was. Ugh, I hate that. And then it's the whole thing that really set me off was the thing about flying first class. It's like, why would you say that to anyone? Period. It doesn't matter what's going on. Why would you say that to anyone? <laughs> and also just like, what do you want the response to be to that? Like, what? And it's a short flight too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like you're going... People have overweight bags all of the time. And like, you can be aware that it's overweight and pay for it. But it's like, oh, and you're not even playing first class. Yeah, it was five pounds overweight. It wasn't even that much. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, you're not wrong. She's wrong and goofy. Like, just like (laughs) goofy and lame. Just like, like someone needs a new TV show. Yeah. Goofy and lame, the show. Uh, Well, now it is time. But are you wrong? Where we read your email submissions, you can send them over to butamirongpod at gmail.com. You need to keep them under 300 words and let us know your age. That's helpful. And pronouns, if you would like. And the pronouns of people involved in the story. And I forgot to pick some. I was about to say, did you pick yours? (laughs) Apparently I did not. May do some right now. Okay. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I have sort of a hot take in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month. I would love to hear your thoughts on. For context, I am someone who has been clinically diagnosed with OCD and I do have the privilege of therapy. My take is that TikTok therapists have gone too far. I see videos all the time of mental health professionals listing symptoms of mental illnesses with titles like, if you have these symptoms, you might have ADHD. 
or some generic advice that's more of a Band-Aid. Though I understand not everyone has accessible mental health treatment, which is a whole other topic in itself about how wrong that is, I think these could encourage some out there looking for help to try and work on things on their own, which can be dangerous. Comments on these videos are often people looking for advice that they're not going to get legally because these therapists can't do that. I have been at the point where I was looking for answers everywhere, and that feeling when you can't immediately get the answers you want is crushing. Instead, they should focus on giving tips of how to bring up needing therapy to parents, hotlines, warm ones, or ways to find affordable care. An example would be the sliding scale. In addition, when a therapist on TikTok starts doing sponsorships, I think they are questionable. there are questionable ethics at play. To practice what I preach here are two websites that have helped me in the past, which we will link. And if you need examples of the TikToks um, I'm referring to, let me know. I don't disagree with this. I will say, though, I haven't seen many mental health professionals do these videos. I tend to see more like life coaches and people who I truly find the people who do like in the ADHD ones because the ones I see the most often. Um, I see mostly adults who are diagnosed with ADHD late in life making these videos at other like late in life ADHD adults. But I think that there's like a really constructive and great way to be a therapist on social media. Like I think the same way that I think there's a great way to be like a I love Mama Dr. Jones, who's like an OBGYN. Like I think that like she does a wonderful job at informing and educating while always pointing you to reach out to your like primary care physician or find an OBGYN that's great for you. And I think that what she does it so well is like about how what a good OBGYN looks like, like what that should be, like how to ask the right questions to like make sure that fit is great. And I think that the part that's like missing in this market is therapists teaching you how to find a great therapist and what to do when you have a therapist that's not like that's not so great and like how to break up with your therapist, how to bring something up to your therapist, because I think that those blanket statements and advice yeah, those are hard to be personal and to have it like connect with each and every person. But therapists know therapy really well. And that I think is how I think it could go about in a better way or like day to day things for, I don't know, like here, like five tips that I tell my clients with anxiety that can like my CBT clients with anxiety that can help. But I think the diagnosing from profession that because that's also just like super like pretty unethical i don't think you can legally do it especially because yeah. you're not in the same state you're not personally treating them but i have i you might be on a different side of tiktok i have yeah. seen some therapists that are giving false information and then other because i feel like i'm on like call out tiktok you are <laughs> and then other therapists are saying like this is not correct information and what they're saying can be harmful. Um, mm -hmm. And I've also seen like medical doctors as far as like surgeons and things also, and also dentists giving off out false information. So it does exist and it is out there. I don't know the right way to do it or how to prevent it, but it might be in, I don't, I don't know. It might be like if some people don't know like how to, spot somebody that's giving false information and it will be harmful. So maybe the way to fix it is like no one does it. But then there's been like 
people that I've seen that I've learned things about myself that I didn't know because they've shared the information. So it's like a a catch 22. It's hard to see. And especially if you don't know what to spot, then it can be very harmful. Yeah. Um, We're on very different. I mean, we Mm -hmm. we, we share a lot of TikTok lanes that we're in, but that's, Mm -hmm. that one is not, I haven't come across. But yeah, I I also think that like, if I was like a client or a patient of any like medical professional or mental health professional and my doctor or therapist was like making like TikToks like this, like I would, I would completely like discredit all of that for me. Mm -hmm. But I think the issue with TikTok is TikTok's not really about like sharing information. It's kind of more about going viral. So Mm -hmm. like for YouTube, you have the privilege of time of like, you can get into these takes. You can provide a lot of nuance. You can link things in the description. Like you can do all of that. But TikTok specifically, it's like the algorithm is boosted and you can't really like filter comments on TikTok the way you can on YouTube. And it's just, I think as a platform in itself, I do not think it lends itself for nuanced takes and in kind of anything. And if you are going to put out takes on TikTok, which I do, I love making TikToks, but I think if you're going to be doing it, it needs to be bite-sized digestible content. And I don't think diagnosing and like mental health is in that way is digestible in bites, like small little like bite-sized pieces. But yeah, tips of anxiety there where it's like have a sour, like if you're feeling really anxious, like a great tip I give my clients is like to pop a sour candy into your mouth, like hold something cold. Like this is, can help with your vagus nerve, like placing like cold peas on your chest. Like those things that are like actionable kinds of tips and then always capping it off with like, like reach out to like a mental health professional in that sense. But there's not necessarily a lot of action items for mm-hmm. all mental health kinds of things. And so, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I don't think that you're wrong. I agree with this take. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I think one of one example, I mean, we didn't ask her to share any, but I've seen like these therapists that'll do like TikTok dances while they're giving advice on things and they're doing the dances to get people like pull them in to watch what they're saying, but what they're saying isn't necessarily helpful or like, I think this is what she's talking about. Holy, like RSV mom. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's I've seen surgeons do this too. A lot of BBL surgeons do it. BBL surgeons do have a different do have a different yeah. social media presence. Mm-hmm. It's giving Dr. Mike and I'm not into it. Yeah. All right. My turn. Hi Megan and Melissa. I, she, her live with my boyfriend, he, him, and his mom, she, her, in a rented house. We both pay board to boyfriend's mom, and we all get along relatively well. My boyfriend and I have been dating for over two years now and often talk about buying a house in a couple years when the market where we are is better and we have more savings. We're always looking at houses and pointing out what we like. My issue is that his mom wants to buy a house with him. I have told him I wouldn't like it for our future home's sake, but also the dynamic would make me uncomfortable, so I would probably move out. After I felt bad and selfish, but at the same time feel led on when he talks about buying with me too. Yesterday, I overheard his mom talking to him seriously about how they need to start focusing on saving to get a house. 
And he didn't say anything about any intent to one day buy with me, which hurt my feelings. I know if my boyfriend and I buy, she would probably live in a detached flat with us, which I am okay with. Am I selfish for not liking the idea of my boyfriend buying a house with his mom? Big fan of both podcasts. Thanks for being a consistent source of joy in my life. And I look forward to listening every week. So nice. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think you're wrong to feel the way that you feel at all. I think what's wrong here is that your boyfriend is kind of playing both sides and not being truthful and honest with either his mom or with you. Like he clearly wants to buy a house and wants to do it, but doesn't know or he doesn't know how to tell one of you wrong. Uh, no. And that's the issue here. It's not you, it's him. And so you need to have a serious conversation with him and say, Hey, you know, we've been talking about buying a house. You've been talking with your mom about buying a house. Which one of us do you want to buy a house with? And leave it at that. Yeah, I agree with that. I wonder if it's the timelines are kind of different. Like, I wonder if his mom is like, we can buy a house in six months. We can buy a house in a year. And it's more of the longer timeline with you and him. Or commitment to. That, so yeah, that's the other thing that I think like, I think that like when you are two years into a relationship, I think planning and like making like big, I also don't know how old you are. So it would also change if you're like in your late 20s. But planning for really big financial decisions like years in the future is kind of hard because you might be you might not be financially ready to buy a house right now but you also might not be like emotionally your relationship might not be at the point where you would buy a house right now but you're kind of banking on being at that point in two years and that's a really hard decision to make like and for some people it's just like it's you can't really you can anticipate how much money you will have in that time period and where the market will be to an extent, but you can't really anticipate where your relationship will be and like if mm -hmm. you will then feel ready. And so I think that like, I don't think you're wrong with like how you feel at all, but I don't think that he would be wrong if he wanted to just buy a house with his mom. Because I think that if he has any hesitation to this and it could just be that he doesn't know who to say no to or he doesn't know how to like say no to her. But I think if there's like any sort of hesitation, buying a house and being a homeowner <laughs> as a recent homeowner, it's like a very stressful process. And it needs similarly to like having a kid, it needs to be done with someone who's like equally invested in it. And I don't know, I can get why you would feel uncomfortable if it was like, you went in three ways to the house because even though it would be like split three ways, two of those people are related. And so then it feels like for you, it kind of seems like you don't value, not, I don't mean value, but like see that your relationship would come in second to that one. So I don't think you're wrong, but I think he's got to, he doesn't know, who, like you said, he doesn't know who to say no to and mm -hmm. he has to. And I think you, to give you some don't blame me advice, but like, you know, I think you have to just basically be like, hey, let's have like a really honest conversation about this. If you don't want to move in with me, if you don't want to buy a house with me, like that's totally okay. I just like want to know now because I just want to plan ahead. Like if you want to buy a house with your mom, 
zero hard feelings. I just want to be like in the loop with this and make sure that like he knows that it's not like a trick question. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, housing, it's hard. Yep. You will fight who with whoever you buy a house with. It's dumb also, but we've gotten enough into that in the past. So true. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package, and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods i cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating, hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy delicious shake and they also have three tins four shake flavor starter kit which lets you sample all the flavors for only nine dollars Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited for someone who like... You know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at 
incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The ministry of time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. your turn okay hi friends so it is mother's day and i am currently writing this while i sob in the bathroom my husband is in the military and is working a 24-hour shift tonight and i'm all alone with my toddler that's not the bad part the shitty part is that my husband spent all fucking day yesterday telling me he's so sorry he didn't get me anything or plan to celebrate mother's day and told me it's because he doesn't have the money to spend on a gift that's fine. Literally, I did not care until last night when he told me he spent $75 on a fucking UFC fight because, quote unquote, it's an important fight. Am I wrong for being pissed that he didn't at least get me a card or coffee for Mother's Day, but was super fine spending a lot of money on a stupid fight? I don't need a gift, but to be told he couldn't plan anything for Mother's Day because of money, but then spent $75 on a fight seems super inconsiderate. Let me know what you think. <laughs> I, first of all, even if you took away the fight aspect, 
Him spending Saturday, the day before Mother's Day, just being like, woe is me. I am a victim. Like, I feel so bad. I didn't plan anything for Mother. Okay, get your ass up. As Kim Kardashian says, get your ass up and work. It seems like Mm -hmm. nobody these days wants to work. Like, make me a fucking card. Like, go get me. Like, I'm sorry, you're complaining the day before Mother's Day that you didn't have anything to do for, like, okay. And that's not my problem. Like, fix it. Like, he's just making it like, again, yeah, woe is me. He's becoming like the victim to that. Like, that in itself, I think is like such a cop-out and so frustrating because it's he's setting your expectations. Like, he's like, please don't have any expectations for me because like, I will not follow through. I have failed you. You don't have to like spend money. Just, it's Saturday. Mother's Day's tomorrow. Say you're going out, like you have to call, have a quick phone call with someone and then go out and get like flowers or like mm-hmm. draw me a card or like offer to like, let's watch your favorite movie. And like, I'm going to make you dinner and I made you breakfast in bed. And like, someone's going to watch our toddler and we're going to like hang out. Like I got you your favorite books from the library. Like y- you can do so many things that are like very sweet and considerate that have nothing to do with money. But then if your excuse is money, and you spend $75 on a fucking fight? I'd be livid. 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 That's, I would be crying on the bathroom floor as well. I would scribble his face out in all of our family photos. Like, I would be so mad. Yeah, there's no excuse for this. Like you said, even if money was the issue, there are other things, thoughtful things that you can do to show your appreciation. And what this shows me is that he doesn't appreciate you. He doesn't see the value in you. And what he even said to you is just lip service because it wasn't true. He could have, if he wanted to spend money on you, he could have. What's so important about a UFC fight? Like what's important about that? He said, it's an important one. What's important? Was he fighting himself? Was he there? If he was there, he wouldn't need to pay for it. So what was important about it? Did the UFC fighter birth your child? Like, is that what happened? Like, what? That, yeah, I I think you're. it it is all lip service in the sense that, like, you said what the reason was, which is a bullshit reason. That's, like, that's that's not an excuse. But then you also, like, ate your own fucking words when you then told me that you spent money on this. Like, that, to me, I'm like, Mm -hmm. why would you even tell me that? Like, you're not even, like... Even that was a, a clearly a mix up, or did you truly think that like that wouldn't have hurt my feelings? Like this, just to me, yeah. Like I, I, I hate to say it on so close to Mother's Day, but yeah, this just seems like, like you said, like he's shown you what his priorities are and like what's important to him. And every day of the year, you should come before like a your feelings and you feeling appreciated like should come before a UFC fight, but like especially on mother's day mm-hmm. that like this doesn't sit right with me and not to uh dive into the stereotype of military husbands <laughs> but it seems like you are doing a lot of the um parenting probably doing a lot mm-hmm. of the emotional labor and he can't even fucking get you a card for mother's day because he is too broke but can spend money on yeah yeah so you're not wrong you're not wrong at all All right, next one. I, female, 25, she, her, met my best friend, Abigail, female, 25, she, her, a few years ago through a mutual friend of ours who I'll call Marjorie, female, 24, she, her. I can only think of one Marjorie right now and just put a sour taste in my mouth. These are Taylor Swift references. Oh, okay. 
Abigail's Taylor Swift's best friend. Marjorie Taylor Greene is the only one I ever knew of before Taylor Swift's grandmother. So, like, I would just want to say, like, thank you to, like, I don't know what to say. Andrea Swift. What's Andrea? I don't know the maiden name. But her grandmother has, like, truly, like, I'm like, oh, Marjorie. Like, cute. Okay. I had followed Abigail on Instagram for a few years before meeting her in person because we had grown up in the same town and knew a lot of the same people, including Marjorie. At the time, Abigail had just started YouTube, a YouTube channel and was pursuing a career in social media successfully. So in my head, I saw her as I would see an influencer, a person I admired and inspired to be like and who intimidated me a lot. I noticed when I met her that she said my name incorrectly, putting the pressure on the wrong half of the name. Think like if you said Kate Lynn instead of Caitlin. I chose not to say anything because I assumed we wouldn't become close being that I was insecure and thought she was way too cool to be my friend. Spoiler, not true. Plus, Marjorie was there and I felt embarrassed to call it out. Fast forward three years and we are best friends. I brought it up to her three months ago that the way she says my name bothers me. She brushed it off and made a joke of it. The other day, I brought it up in a more serious matter. She responded by saying that I should have told her sooner if it really hurt my feelings. And at this point, it's just how she says it. I told her that I wish she would have apologized and said she'd make an effort to correct herself rather than making excuses and dismissing me, even though I waited this long out of insecurity. Am I wrong for being hurt? No, you're not wrong at all. You told her, let's say you just decided to completely change your name. And then she's like, no, I'm not going to call you that. I'm just going to keep calling you this other name. It's wrong. Like you can't just be, again, a lot of these things just come down to people respecting you and she's disrespecting you. You told her how you felt the way that you told her twice, first time she brushed it off. And then second time she just completely disregarded your feelings towards it. It's just mean and you're not wrong for feeling the way that you feel. It would remind me of Megan versus Megan. Yeah. Like that, I, I that, so I would say that like, if it bothers you, say something. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like that, I, I think you have like, it, yeah. yeah, so I mean like you have every like right to say something and like it clearly bothers you because you said something. So then her response, like I would be embarrassed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry Like, I don't love when people call me Megan instead of Megan, but like, I also don't care enough to have said something. But like, if I did and I said something, I would expect that you would know, like, it might seem Mm -hmm. quote unquote trivial, but like, if I, if I'm telling you that it makes me uncomfortable, like, I don't like it, like, clearly I care. And I think that like, that her excuse being like, it's like, you should have done, it's not that big of a deal. Like you should have done it earlier. This happens all the time and lots of people are okay with it. So the fact that you said something should be a clear indicator to her to be like, oh, most people would, or not most people, like a large amount of people would be completely fine with this and would just kind of pass with this. And we've been friends for three years and like this still really bothers her. Like, wow, it must have taken a lot for her to say this because it feels like an inconvenient time. And that, if anything, should just show how just like yeah. fucking so easy to be like, wow, I'm so sorry. It's like someone that we used to work with called me Mel all the time and everybody started calling me Mel. And I was like, no, I prefer Melissa. And when I told you that, you immediately stopped calling me Mel and call me Melissa. It's the same thing. And I thing. told everybody who mm-hmm. knows you that I was like, she does not like to be called Mel, yeah. Melissa. 
And like Mots does that. Mots will even correct himself now if he'll be like, Mel- Melissa, like when we- he and I are just talking like with each other. And that's, I, I think you're right. That is like an indicator that she like, isn't appreciating you and doesn't really like care so much because this is not hard. And it also gives me like, yeah, like you said, if you changed your name, it doesn't give me like supportive vibes because I would never want to con- like do something that I consciously know makes like a friend of mine like doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Like the, I, I would be mortified and I would be em- embarrassed. Be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, yes, I will go above and beyond to correct myself in that. I don't know. At first, I thought this was like, going to be about me. I was like, what is this? A YouTuber? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like like, like someone you know wrote it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is this fucking play about us? Like, what's happening? I want to know. I'm like a little curious about this, though. Do you, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Well, that is it for the but are you wrong segment. Again, you can send us 300 words or less to but am I wrong pod at gmail.com and let us know what's happening in your life so we can let you know if you are wrong or not. And now, what is it time for? It's time for but are they wrong, aka Rachel of the week. Tomato, tomato, boo, tomato, tomato, (laughs) tomato. (laughs) So my Rachel of the Week is brought to me by none other than international supermodel, (laughs) Melissa, sent me this one. (laughs) It is wild. So, So I would like to nominate Keller High School as the Rachel of the Week. They are Texas high school who students performed a racist dance at Disney World because... That's how they do it. So they were invited by Disney World to come perform and their cheerleading squad dance team, they're referred to as the Indianettes, not the Indiana Annettes. No. The uh-uh. Indianettes. And the school has said that they have no immediate plans to alter the dance routine or the mascot. And so I'm reading, so this is from the Huffington Post. Despite the ongoing controversy, discussion about the mascot wasn't even on the agenda during the school district board meeting. So in 2015, Adidas offered to cover the cost for this school to change mascots, including free design support. And the superintendent at the time, Rodney Kavnis, declined the athletic company's offer, telling the Beaumont Enterprise that to do so would be tapering down to political correctness of leftist extremists. And in July 2020, Cherokee Nation Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin Jr. formally requested the school to change its mascot, noting that the school's traditions perpetuate harmful stereotypes and inaccurately depict Native American culture. And the superintendent dismissed the request and continued to support the mascot, saying that it belongs to their community. And school officials have seemingly grown accustomed to defending the dance, responding with what appear to be standard talking points anytime they're emailed a complaint. So it sounds like they've got basically a template. Among their claims, the dance and the mascot are intended to, quote unquote, honor Native people. The Cherokee Nation gave them permission long ago, though they have since revoked it. Uh, Revocation the school has dismissed as extremely dishonorable. Native Americans used to inhabit the land where the school now sits. Notably, there's no mention why they're no longer around. So therefore, it's okay somehow to parody their culture. So Disney did disavow the dance completely. And they said it did not reflect their core values, was not consistent with the audition tape that the school had provided. The kids were wearing fringed this is from a tweet uh, a bunch of kids wearing fringe and challenge chanting scalp them indians was their chant at disney world disgusting and 
Wow. So even like even like their headers on Twitter and like just some of like the school lingo is welcome to the reservation, powwow news, war whoop yearbook. Lots of like it's just the entire branding of the school. I don't know how Disney invited them to begin with, because this is not things that are hidden. They are very vocal and open about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think that like a Disney being like, oh, my gosh, we had no idea that the Indianettes (laughs) would be like in the name itself. Like there is Mm -hmm. just you do any due diligence, you know, and also like what were they wearing during their audition tape? Like what was you? What do you mean? Like Disney like does deep dive background searches on like absolutely everything. Right. They're their own government in itself. So the fact that they didn't do this, it's also falls upon them. Yeah. This is just a cop out on mm-hmm. their part. And also like there's rehearsals, like there's run throughs, like there's like sound checks, all of that. You weren't massively duped by a high school. You were complicit in this. And now you're trying to defer any sort of onus or blame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is bad. It is very, very, very bad. And I also did not see this until you sent me a TikTok that talked about this. Yep. The TikTok that talked about Doritos and this. <laughs> I, I've seen 10,001 articles about Kim Kardashian at the Met Gala, but I had not seen this. Yeah. Well, this is something that you've probably seen 10,001 articles about as well. There are very few things that me and Donald J. Trump agree on. (laughs) One is everyone should be getting vaccinated. Uh, Actually, I think his is people should get vaccinated, but it's their choice. Mine is everyone should be getting vaccinated that can get vaccinated. And then we also agree upon that Madison Cawthorn is a hot mess. And these are quotes from people that are on Trump's advisory board. They say that Madison is a hot mess, quote, and needs to pursue another line of work and that he has been acting very foolishly and needs to step down. And this is coming from advisors. So I don't know if Trump himself said it, but I would think his advisors, if they're out speaking for him, if that wasn't true, then they would be fired by now. But in case you don't know who Madison Cawthorn is, he's a um, politician who serves as the U.S. representative for North Carolina's 11th congressional district. Um, And he's been a member since 2001. He's part of the Republican Party. A few months ago, he had this quote that said, and you know what? I believe that this is true, that (laughs) I'm glad he said it. Yeah, this is a direct quote. The sexual pervasion that goes on in Washington, being kind of a young guy in Washington where the average age is probably 60 or 70. You look at these people, a lot of them that I've looked up to through the years, I've always paid attention to politics. Then all of a sudden you get invited. We're going to have a sexual get together at one of our homes. You should come. What did you ask me to come to? And then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Some of the people leading on the movement to try to remove addiction in our country. And then you watch them do a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. And it's like, this is wild. And the first time I heard this, I was like, interesting. Like, I could totally see this happening. And I'm glad he brought this to light. But since then, a source, it's like a campaign against him has come out. And now they've released a few things about... Madison Cawthorn, that name in itself is just 
And he chose very to, gone with the he, wind. Yes, but his first name is David. He chose to go by Madison Cawthorn. It's its middle name. Giving Lindsey Graham. Yeah. And so, you know, a, a few weeks ago, he brought a loaded gun to the airport in Charlotte. And really nothing has happened to him from that. He also, there's a video of him in the car with a friend and he's like, has his hand on his friend's dick and says, quote, I feel the passion and desire and would like to see a naked body beneath my hand as he's touching his male friend's hand, uh, dick, I mean, which, you know. If that's the desires you have, great. But also, if you're fighting against the rights of queer people, then, you know, you're being homophobic and inconsistent and a hypocrite. There's also a video that came out recently of him mounting a bed that, you know, some he said it's a friend. Some people say it's a friend, but it is most likely his cousin, allegedly. I, can't. I know. <laughs> Allegedly, his cousin that he gets on top of naked and puts his dick on his alleged cousin's face and humps his alleged cousin's face. We have new merch, alleged cousin. (laughs) (laughs) And when that came out, he said, a new hit against me just dropped years ago in this video. I was being crass with a friend trying to be funny. We were acting foolish and joking. That's it. I'm not backing down. I told you there would be a drip, drip campaign. Blackmail won't win. We will win, he wrote. And then also there was another video of him uh, or pictures of him that came out with him wearing women's lingerie. So I am nominating this hypocrite, Madison Cawthorn, as the Rachel of the Week. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful Rachel of the Week. And I think... Madison Cawthorn, if you are listening, (laughs) I think that if you can hire an Olivia Pope who can like completely change your mindset, all of this kind of stuff, and you want to do an internal takedown of Washington, because like, first of all, it seems like he has a lot of dirt on politicians, which I'm sure, but it seems like they have the same amount of uh, dirt on him. And Also, are you going to look like a hypocrite? Yes, of course you are. Because you also, while simultaneously like saying that there are DC orgies and drug use, you did refer to it as a key bump. And personally, I don't know anybody who has not done cocaine that would refer to it as a key bump. Uh So like you've been an active participant in this, but like Madison, if anything, may I call you David? Is that his real name? That's his first name. Uh Uh-huh. David. Madison David. David Madison. Like, you can be the call coming from within inside the house. Like, you have already set your own house on on fire in this instance. Like, you mm-hmm. have already, like, imploded. And you're getting called out left, right, and center from this. And that's not going to go away. That's not going to stop. But you know what you can do? You can come at them equally as hard. You can come with your own receipts. You can do all of that. And will it make you a hero? No. Will people forgive you? No. But is it petty? And will you be able to be in textbooks? Yes. So I think that that is what you should do because there is no recovering from this within your own party. Your own party hates you. If you want fame, with fame sometimes come fire. So you might get your own problematic reality show. Mm -hmm. And hey, like even Colton Underwood has fans. 
Right. Like there are some incredibly problematic people who've done like horrific things. But then when he went and took down, like he just like called out the Bachelor franchise over and over and over again and was like spilling all of that tea. Some people were like common enemy. I hate the Bachelor more. And so therefore I might not like you, but I might respect your hustle. So mm-hmm. Madison Cawthorn, I present to you your hustle. Now you've been assigned your mission. <laughs> Please carry through with all of this. There's got to be someone offering him money to do it. There has to be. Well, here's the other thing. Dude, you, I don't believe, kindly, I don't believe you did not attend one of these orgies. Yeah. Like, you've already no, been incriminated said, in. He said he saw people doing uh, coke Oh, bombs. yeah. He yeah, was you, there. So you went. So, like, here's the thing. Like, you have already incriminated yourself to the point of, like, no return in that sense. So, like, come on. Like, you can just, just, just name names. Name names, show pictures, drop receipts. Somebody, w- someone will give you money enough for you to go hide away and be protected if you start naming names. Yep. Because here's also the thing. Like, if you, no, because you, the cousin thing is where I draw. I mean, I draw yeah, the line at all of this stuff. I, the incest. incest is where I'm like, I'm not, no, I was going to be like, you know what? Live your truth. But like, I don't believe in living your truth if that is like incest. Like when I yeah, meet, like. But he does have a friend that, lives with him that's also on his staff that he's been seen canoodling with so like that's great literally like, lives with him that's i would prefer if you're like i'm not here to tell anybody like no I'm like not- who to love or like mm-hmm. how to be in a heterosexual or like a homosexual relationship or a queer relationship i'm just asking that across the board we take out cousins and family yeah. members and like alleged cousins Alleged cousins. It's you that's giving me the alleged cousin is also giving me Nicki Minaj's alleged cousin in Trinidad. With the balls. <laughs> Nicki Minaj's alleged, alleged cousin in Trinidad, which everybody's like, nobody's been able to confirm that mm-hmm. this cousin exists or who this cousin is. Um, so yeah. Also, if anybody has seen The Bachelor, I just think that Madison Cawthorn looks also a lot like Luke P from Hannah Brown season or, mixed with Colton. Or all the bachelors just look alike as it is. Wow. Actually, yeah. He looks like she looks like every other bitch. Mm-hmm. As the TikTok audio says. I just think that this could be... Also, here's the thing. Book deal. Maddie, yeah. book deal. Maddie, come on. Think about this. You reveal this, you're going to get knocked on those doors. People want to hear it. Yeah, Amorosa got kicked out of the White House and pretty much everything that's in her book was true. Mm -hmm. And she went on Big Brother. Mm -hmm. Madison, you could go on Big Brother. I mean, she also, you know, I feel like she's one of the like first like celebrity reality stars that we had who like Mm -hmm. because she started out on The Apprentice and she was on numerous reality shows after that. So you could be the next Amorosa. (laughs) Well, that is it for our episode. We hope you all enjoyed. If you want to vote for the this episode, who you think was wrong, head on over to our Instagram account. These episodes go up on Thursday and we try to give you at least a day to listen. So they're usually up Friday, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday, but they'll be up before Monday and you should follow the Instagram account so you know when it's up. And don't forget to like Vote by going to the highlights of. Yeah. You will go to the story the day that they're out and be like, oh, look, the voting is there. 
But we ask that you go to the highlight, the most recent highlight. We'll have those included because otherwise the stories just don't all upload like there mm-hmm. for some reason. I think because there's a lot of them. It's a glitch. I'll call Mark and tell him to work on it. Hey, Marky Mark. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed. Leave a review if you like the show. And uh, we will circle back next week. I made a circle with my finger and you guys didn't see it. But mm. Goodbye. Goodbye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.